Hello everyone. Things are moving right along in EM residency interview season, and so I thought I'd take some time to talk about building a rank list. Now, for many of you, this is something you've probably been working on for a while now, and sorting residency programs into ones you like and ones you don't like has become a rather intuitive, maybe even easy process. And so, if you're one of those students who has a system of ranking programs, and it's working for you, and you're just on a roll, going on interviews and assigning spots on your rank list, then by all means, keep at it. Don't let my opinions on how this could be done deter you from using your own judgment or methods. But... If you're drowning in information, if you can't keep track of who's who and what's where and why you thought you liked or disliked someplace, and simply need some help putting it all together, then maybe I can be of some help. And not because making a rank list is an incredibly hard task that requires tons and tons of analysis, but because I think having a systematic approach to organize your thoughts and impressions goes a long way in eventually creating a rank list that you will feel comfortable submitting when it comes time to finalize it. All right, are you ready to start making your rank list? Well, before we get there, let me start by just reminding you of a few key dates. First, you still have some time to relax for now. The rank order list entry begins at 12 p.m. Eastern Time on Friday, January 15th. That's still over a month away. Next, the deadline for certifying your rank list is 9 p.m. Eastern Time on Wednesday, February 24th. So that will be your last chance to reorder your rank list for the 100th time. Okay, next. Match week starts on Monday, March 14th, when you will learn if you've matched. Not where just yet, but simply if you've landed a spot somewhere in this whole match process. This is also the first day of SOAP, which stands for Supplemental Offer and Acceptance Program for students who are left unmatched. Finally, match day is on Friday, March 18th, when everyone across the country will find out roughly at the same time where they will be spending their next several years of postgraduate medical training. You know, everyone tells me each year that despite the anxiety of putting together a rank list, submitting it, and then having to wait for what feels like an eternity for their match results, I genuinely believe that most students are very happy by the end of it all. So although this process may feel nerve-wracking now, I really truly believe that everything ends up playing out the way it should, and before you know it, you'll be happily training to become an emergency physician. Okay, how to build a rank list. Actually, let me go off on another quick tangent, and I promise we'll get back to the rank list building in a second. I need to say a few words about how the match algorithm works. I talked about this on a previous episode, but I think it's worth repeating because it sort of matters that you understand this when you're putting together your rank list. The first thing to keep in mind is that this match algorithm, this fancy automated computer program that assigns applicants to programs and programs to applicants, is weighted to favor you, the applicant. The way this works is that the program starts with an applicant's list. It'll look at the program in the number one spot and see if there are any openings at that program. Now, if the program has also ranked that applicant and there is an available opening, the applicant will be tentatively matched. Alternatively, if the program has also ranked that applicant and there are no available openings, but the applicant is ranked higher than someone already tentatively matched, then the applicant will be tentatively matched, replacing the other person who is ranked lower by the program. Okay, so those were two possible ways for an applicant to get placed into his or her number one ranked program. 
If, however, the program does not have an opening and the applicant was ranked lower than the lowest ranked person already tentatively matched, then the applicant will not match at that top choice, but the match process will try the whole thing over again with his or her second choice. Bottom line is that the match process tries to place each applicant as high as possible on his or her list, and it does so over the preferences of the program's rank list. This is really, really important to understand, sort of, or at least have an awareness of, because your rank list will work best for you if the programs are in order of your preference. Meaning that if you really, really like program A, place them number one. If you really, really like program B, but just not as much as program A, place them number two. This will not work as well, and I don't recommend that you order the programs on your rank list based on where you think you'll match, who you think likes you, or who told you, although they shouldn't have, they will rank you high on their list. In other words, build your rank list using only your own preferences, not the opinions you think programs may have of you. Okay, another brain break. If that match process description didn't completely solidify in your mind, it's okay but I highly recommend you visit the NRMP website at www.nrmp.org and review the matching process. They even have a matching algorithm video tutorial that's only a few minutes long, but definitely worth your time. And while you're there, make sure to review all of the other great stuff on there, like the checklist and policy highlights. It's really a great website with tons of useful info for you. And now, finally, how to build a rank list. Wait. Sorry, wait, one, one more thing. Since we're on the topic of rank lists, I want to just briefly touch again on the Doximity and U.S. News and World Report residency rankings. If you've heard of this, then you've probably also heard by now that this ranking system is not endorsed by any of the major national organizations in emergency medicine. While it's tempting to be able to look up which programs are the best, the methodology used to construct these rankings is flawed and based on popularity rather than any truly objective measures of educational performance. So take the Doximity and U.S. News and World Report residency rankings with a big, big grain of salt because I don't think it's useful at this time and may even be misleading. And know also that a number of programs across the country have opted out of participating anyway. If you want more of the details, I talked a bit more about this in my How to Be Efficient episode. So now, as promised, how to build a rank list. How to organize the programs you visited and make sense of putting them in some sort of an order based on my singular opinions with the caveat disclaimer that honestly, there probably isn't one best way to do this. And if you have a method that's working for you, please, please don't abandon it. And don't just listen to me. Go visit Academic Life and EM, EM Advisor, and take a look at their tips and recommendations also. But for what it's worth, here is one way of going about it. I call this the 3 by 3 method for building an awesome rank list. Why? Well, it's easy to count to three and remember three things without having to take notes, which I assume you're not doing since this is a podcast and you're likely in your car or already taking a nap. It's also going to generate an awesome rank list in the sense that your rank list is going to be the very best rank list for you that no one else could have done a better job building. Rank lists are personal based on your own judgments and preferences, your advisors, your friends, your family, doximity, simply can't order these programs better than you. So you have to trust yourself and in some cases go with your gut. 
So if you don't already have a system you like, start by creating three columns for each program. These three columns will relate to program qualities. And the first one is the clinical training environment. I like to think of the clinical training environment as all of those things you learned from the program director on interview day, as well as everything you saw on the tour and perhaps on the website. Things like, what is the hospital like? Is it big? Is it small? Or are there multiple hospitals you'll rotate at? Also, the curriculum, is it three years or four years? And if it's four years, what benefit does that extra year add? How many months do you spend in the ED or in the ICU? How much experience will you gain with peds or ortho or trauma? A lot of these qualities may have been topics of conversation or questions you've already brought up during interviews. Other things that fit into the clinical training environment category may be things you didn't even realize were important to you until you started going on the interviews. Are there opportunities to teach medical students? Are the faculty younger or older? Are there a lot of research or publication opportunities? If you're interested in a specific niche or fellowship, is that available there? What sort of equipment will you be working with, including computers and EMRs, airway tools and ultrasound machines? And finally, the ED staff, do the nurses and other staff seem friendly and approachable, or are the residents constantly hiding from them? I'm sure you can think of more things to place into this category, and what may be really important to someone else may not actually be all that important to you, and that's okay. Second column, things about the program that actually don't have anything to do with the program. This includes things like salary and benefits. Where will I park and how much will that cost? What housing opportunities are available around town? What's the commute like? In this category, also consider things like family considerations. Will there be a job for your spouse or significant other? Good schools for your kids. Nice restaurants for date nights. Easy access to the beach or the mountains or concerts or an airport on those rare days off when you really just need to get away for a while. Third column, gut feeling. This is probably the hardest to describe, but the easiest to get a sense of. You all probably know by now if you liked a place from the moment you stepped in the door, or if you actually just spent the entire interview thinking about being somewhere else. It's okay, everyone has different instincts, and perhaps you've made some, some conscious observations about, say, how well the residents get along, how friendly the program director was, or how involved the faculty seemed to be. What was the overall vibe? Did people smile and look happy, or tired and depressed? And perhaps the most important question to ask yourself, can you imagine yourself working here every day for the next three to four years? Okay, so now that you have each program's characteristics separated into those three columns or categories, now it's time to place the programs into a sort of top tier, middle tier, and bottom tier order. The top tier is where you'll put programs that have the clinical training environment that you're looking for, that are where you want to be and where you'll be happy, that gave you that good gut feeling. The second tier is where you'll put programs that maybe don't have giant check marks in all three columns, but overall would still offer you the sort of training you're looking for in an area that you could live in and still pass the positive gut check. And finally, the bottom tier. This is where you'll put programs you have no interest in. Now, hopefully you won't actually have any in this category because I have to be honest, I don't believe that this SOAP, the Supplemental Offer and Acceptance Program, is a reasonable backup strategy. There are simply just not enough spots in EM that don't fill each year to believe that if you don't match off your list, you are still likely to get into an EM residency program. 
So the goal is to have enough programs on your rank list to put you in that sweet, likely to match spot. And from previous year's data, that number is about 12. So stop and think before tossing a program and ask yourself, really, would you rather give up on EM than spend a few years training there? All right, so now that you have that three by three framework, I'm gonna leave the rest up to you. But here are some final thoughts and summary points. Remember to rank programs in the order that you like them, and don't be influenced by what opinions you think programs may have of you. Make sure to rank any program you'd be willing to train at as an alternative to not doing EM at all. If you're stuck because where you want to live doesn't really match up with where you'd have the best training experience, I'd pick the latter. You can always relocate after residency. Visit www.nrmp.org and check out all of the great resources the website has to offer. There's even an iPhone and Android app called Match Prism that I've only briefly looked at, but seems like kind of a neat tool. And if any of you have actually used it, I'd love to hear what you think about it before I recommend it to my own students. And finally, out of all of the lists and spreadsheets and overthinking and reordering that you'll do between now and the end of February, I think most of us would simply recommend to trust your gut instincts. So good luck to all of you out there on interviews and take a deep breath knowing that you still have time to sort out your rank list. And in other news, keep an eye out for an all new podcast brought to you by the Clerkship Directors in Emergency Medicine, the same group bringing you all of the great material at www.cdemcurriculum.org. If all goes well, we'll launch our podcast in early 2016. Until then, I'll catch you next time on EM Stud.